I'm Brad Palmer reporting WSIU Radio News. To hundreds of cheering fellow party members, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker promised today to continue protecting workers and their rights. He was the featured speaker in East Moline at the annual Labor Day picnic put on by Rock Island County Democrats. To fix the damage done by his predecessor, Pritzker says on his first day as governor, he ordered all state-funded projects to have project labor agreements. Today, with over 800 PLA-covered projects, Illinois ranks first in the nation in the total number of active project labor agreements. That's three times the rest of the country combined. And he reminded them to vote yes on the Workers' Rights Amendment in November to ensure workers are protected no matter who's the governor in the future or which party dominates the General Assembly. He was joined by State Treasurer Mike Frerichs, Secretary of State candidate Alexei Janulius, and Illinois AFL-CIO President Tim Dray. Illinois is the 10th best state in the nation to work, according to an annual study from Oxfam America. Alex Degman has that story. The organization has compiled what it calls the best states to work index since 2018, using workplace factors like wages, worker protection policies, and freedom to organize as data points. Illinois ranked 10th overall, but scored 13th in wages. The state scored 15th in worker protection policies. The index's author, Oxfam's Caitlin Henderson, notes there are not heat safety standards for outdoor workers. Agriculture is still a big sector in Illinois and will likely continue to be one. So that is a policy change that we need, absolutely. Illinois ranked fifth best for the rights of workers to organize. Oxfam rated Oregon, the top state to work overall, and North Carolina the worst. I'm Alex Degman. U.S. Senator Dick Durbin is pledging to help the state of Illinois prepare for future pandemics. He specifically addressed the shortage of medical professionals. Every corner of the state tells the same story. We don't have enough nurses. We don't have enough medical staff. We don't have enough doctors. We need to be investing in those medical care uh, professions that really make a difference in the community. Durbin also says he's committed to efforts to get more COVID funding from Congress for COVID testing, treatment, and vaccines. Recent efforts to extend COVID funding failed, shifting the cost for testing and treatment to consumers. You've no doubt noticed the sharp rise in prices at the grocery store over the past few months, and you're not alone. As Dana Cronin reports, food banks are struggling to keep their shelves stocked amid record-level inflation. During normal times, Riverbend Food Bank in western Illinois gets about 60% of its food donated from retailers, like grocery stores. But over the last few years, that number has shrunk to a mere 30 to 40%, according to Chris Ford, Riverbend's food sourcing manager. Ford says they've had to step up their own purchases to keep up with high demand. It's really challenged us uh, to find more financial support to go out and purchase product ourselves. Uh, just last month, we purchased almost 60% more product uh, than we have in the past. He says with food prices as high as they are now, that's become a real financial hurdle for the food bank. Ford made his comments on the 21st show. I'm Dana Cronin. A recent ruling from the U.S. Supreme Court significantly restricted the Environmental Protection Agency's authority to regulate greenhouse gas emissions. Environmental groups say the decision is a major setback, but it's not stopping Indiana from pushing toward a clean energy future. Danny Schaust of Indiana University's Environmental Resilience Institute is one of countless Hoosiers moving the state toward clean energy sources. She oversees IU's McKinney Climate Fellows Program, which places students with private, public, and nonprofit organizations. 
The goal is to help those groups adopt new sustainability strategies. Indiana is not thought of by most folks as environmentally forward thinking, but we are also leveling up and ramping up our efforts to train students to help our state move forward. According to the report, there were more than 3,500 clean energy job openings in Indiana in 2021. I'm Brad Palmer reporting WSIU News.